Welcome to the Plexus Presidential Podcast Series. We are excited to have Dr. Paula Langto, President of Presentation College, as our guest. I've been in higher education for over 30 years, and honestly, the first in my family to go to college, the youngest of nine. Um, I took a Greyhound bus and, and mailed boxes to myself at the destination. So I would credit the start of my personal journey with the institution that gave me a loan on my 17-year-old signature and um, gave me work and um, provided opportunities for me. But moving into leadership, I really think I would need to credit the aspiring to the presidency workshops. And I don't think they're happening anymore, but they were led for many years by Dan Carey of Edgewood College in Madison, Wisconsin, and Paul LeBlanc of Southern New Hampshire University. Um, every other year, those workshops would be at a different location. And they really helped to sort of demystify the presidency and help people to uh, tap into their own strengths um, in terms of determining next steps. So uh, I just want to give a shout out to Paul and Dan because they've been fabulous mentors. Well, excellent. Yeah, we've had the good fortune of having Paul on as a, as a guest on one of our podcasts, and we may have to reach out to, to Dan as well. So that's great. How many first-generation students does presentation have? Oh, wow. Um, probably a majority of our students are first generation. Um, we really cater to students who um, need help navigating the college experience. And so we pride ourselves on that. Um, that's really, as you know, having done this with 82 podcasts, small privates tend to um, be the institutions that provide the greatest aid to students with, uh, with need. Um, about 40% of our students are Pell eligible. And so that's a really significant portion of what we do. And so how difficult is it to make sure that students in general, but especially first-generation students, stay the course and understand the value of a degree? It's really important. Um, and it's important not just for the students, but for their parents, because their parents are the ones who are um, who, who haven't had the benefit of a college degree and may not know how that materializes um, for, their, for their children. And they want the best, obviously, the best choices for their children. So I think it's really important that we educate on the importance of education. Um, I was reading a statistics the other day from the Wall Street Journal. They published that 51% of Americans today don't necessarily see the value of higher education. Um, and that's, that's sad. And we need to do what we can to not only educate on that, but to adapt to the needs of a changing society. Um, that really is, I think, more career focused and job focused, training focused, than perhaps full higher education focused. And we need to adapt and meet both of those needs. So talk to us about, uh, you know, your, your journey and as far as becoming the president, not too long ago, um, aside from COVID, what's been the biggest surprise? Wow. Um, when you took COVID out. <laughs> <laughs> um, not fair. <laughs> right, right. Because that has been um, a real heavy lift, to be honest. Um, I don't know that there were surprises. I have definitely been prepared um, perhaps this was my first private college presidency, but I've been in the publics for 
um, a long time and I led a, a campus in the public university system for over 11 years. So perhaps the, the surprises are um, the different ways that, and again, I can't help but bring COVID in, but the, the different ways that we meet the needs of students and we minister to students is really important. We had students who couldn't go home. We had students who, who home was in a hot spot um, before there were vaccinations. And so we had to care for the needs of those students on site. And it really changed the face of the presidency because it's not about academics. It's not about fundraising. It's about meeting the needs of students um, that may not at all be related um, to academics in a real primary way. So I'm going to take a little piece of your dissertation. What would you consider to be disruptive innovations in higher education? Um, so thank you for that research. Um, I haven't been asked to talk about my dissertation since my defense. Um, so <laughs> um, I was really attracted to the notion of disruptive innovation because I really think it's, it's time for higher education. Um, we are facing a student loan crisis. We are facing rising costs. We are facing people questioning the value of higher ed. Um, it's increasingly inaccessible to people of all socioeconomic classes. It's a real struggle. And so, you know, disruptive innovation, which was, of course, defined by uh, Clayton Christensen 25 years ago, is really about an industry completely changing. And we have seen some changes in higher ed, though I don't think they have turned the industry on its head the way that we might've anticipated. So it's hard to predict. Um, many people thought that um, online education was going to be a major disruption to campuses. And I don't think that was the case. Um, certainly there've been changes that COVID has produced um, in higher ed, but I do think the flexibility to be responsive to the market is what's going to drive that innovation. I mean, disruptive innovation is about doing something at a lower cost and greater accessibility to serve larger portions of the public. And we definitely need to be doing that. And of course, if I had my disruptive innovation idea, I probably wouldn't share it because the first one to the market, of course, is, is the important one. But we've seen a lot of things that have been significant, um, you know, competency-based education. Um, I know it's, you know, 50 years old now, but only in 2014 did the Department of Education stop counting seat time and allow competency ed education to be funded through financial aid. So these kinds of changes can't be disruptive until they're fully embraced across an industry, but it's important to stay on the cutting edge of what the needs are of society and how we can be responsive and provide lower cost alternatives. Mm -hmm. So the institution was established in 1951, correct? correct. Yeah, so it's relatively new, it is. You know, comparatively speaking. Can you talk about the history of the school, how it was formed, why it was formed, and where we are today? Sure. So um, we are a Catholic institution, and the Sisters of Presentation of the Blessed Virgin Mary came to South Dakota um, and we're a teaching order. Um, their their um, sponsor, Nano Nagel, went out and taught in Ireland, and she taught the Catholic children, who was quite illegal at the time, to teach. And so they came to South Dakota, and then they had the diphtheria outbreak, 
and there was a need for nurses. And so they quickly shifted gears. Their, their legacy is really about being responsive to the market, the re- responsive to community needs. And we're kind of going back to that today in 2022. We finished our strategic plan last fall, which you've done your homework. So I'm sure you've seen it on our website. And our focus is rural health care. And so today, 50% of our students are nursing. And our goal in our strategic plan, we're in eight states and we serve rural America. And our goal is to get into all 50 states because we realize it might be a lot easier to get an education in nursing in an urban area. And there are plenty of opportunities in nursing in urban areas, but there are also lots of opportunities in rural areas. And rural students don't necessarily have the means to travel to a campus to you know, become an on-site student. And so our outreach has been important. And in 2021, um, Nurse Journal uh, named Presentations LPN to BSN program fourth in the country. So we're very proud of that. And we're kind of returning to those roots, if you will, responding not just to COVID, but to the national nursing crisis. So you talked about being a rural uh, a rural campus and, and a rural institution. Um, how important is building local relationships in the community? And also, how do you help form business relationships as well? Critical is the answer to that. Um, our partnerships are everything because we serve those industries. We serve those companies. We provide graduates for them. So obviously we have to have those relationships. So when I first came to the presidency, my, my first six months, I went out and met uh, the various uh, leaders of all of these organizations and made sure that we maintained that open relationship and that we're responsive to those needs. And we have significant partnerships with both of our regional hospitals as well as clinics and um, other healthcare agencies. And then with businesses, with banks, with insurance companies, we have students in internships and they do service learning opportunities. So we have to keep our finger on the pulse of the needs of the community and respond to those needs. And it honestly provides fabulous work learning opportunities for our students that typically go right into employment post-graduation. So uh, what's the target size of the institution? Right now, you have roughly 600 students. Is that right? Yes. Okay. And what's, what's the goal? I mean, how, how big can you get? How big do you want to get? So if, if, you've re- if you're reading what's happening in higher ed today, small private colleges in particular are often in peril, and many have closed over the last several years. And research has shown that either a very large endowment to help subsidize the cost of expenses or a minimum student enrollment of 12 to 1500 is really critical for institutions for long-term viability. We know we have something very special. We also know it's very important to carve out a niche for your institution that you're serving specific individuals with ongoing needs um, and you're serving them well. And so for us, our goal over the next several months is to be partnering. We have been in an exploratory phase for the last year of considering partnerships with other institutions that can help us grow that nursing program exponentially, um, very quickly. 
And so um, we realize that to reach all of those rural areas, we need to be in more than eight states and we need to have a much more robust online platform than as a small school we can do all by ourselves. So we are not in a position to announce yet, but it should be coming soon um, that we will be partnering with uh, another institution and a number of healthcare organizations to launch a pretty significant uh, new step for presentation. So how do you how do you define student success? In a couple of different ways, student success first of all is what helping the student meet their goals. Uh, sometimes students only want to come and take a couple of classes to get a new certification or um, to update their skill set. Sometimes they're looking for a certificate or a degree program. So student success for us is helping students to achieve their goals um, while at the same time providing for their, we call it whole person education, providing support for them not just academically and intellectually, but also spiritually, psychologically, physically, all of those things. And so we want students who are gonna go out and contribute, not just to the economy, but to their communities that are gonna be supporters of other individuals to achieve their goals. And so in an ever-changing market, and especially you know, when you look at, at the job market, you know, how the definition of a job, titles of a job, seem to change on a pretty consistent basis. How do you make sure that students are, are career, not just ready for a job out of college, but career ready? So as you mentioned earlier, staying in touch with businesses and, and corporations and what's changing in the world that the students are moving into is critical. Um, I always talk about Wayne Gretzky's quote where he says, you know, when people say, how do you always stay on top of uh, the puck? How do you always seem to know where it's going to go? And he said, because I skate where it's going, not where it is. And I think that's important that we stay on top of what's happening technologically within the various industries in which students are moving, because those changes are, like you said, lightning quick. And we have to make sure that we are um, staying a, a ahead of that curve. You a sports fan? Um, I'm a Saints fan, uh, Presentation College Saints. There you go. That's great. Is there ever any confusion over the name? What do you mean? Disregarding Presentation. I like the name, but does, is there ever any confusion as far as Presentation College, giving a presentation? Do students or parents ever get confused by the name? Oh, I haven't heard that. The, the only confusion I've heard sometimes is that the Presentation Sisters, um, though they are one of our sponsors, are a separate organization. And so often locally in Aberdeen, people will think that they're the same organization, but we're not. Excellent. And do you live close to campus? I do. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, is your Now, is your target market, are you looking for students in-state, out-of-state, across the country? Where is that target market for you all? We actually have students from all over the world. Um, we have a significant, not only international population, but national population. Um, about 36% of our students are from the state of South Dakota. And after that, they're from everywhere. And many of our students come because there are waiting lists to get into nursing programs in their state. And some of the states out West have up to two year waiting lists to get into a program. And we have seats available. So 
you know, it, it's fascinating because there's a number of things that you've already described around presentation and why you are different, you know, because you, as you had mentioned, you really need to be distinctive and different, you know, and, and because it's such a saturated marketplace in general. Um, you know, when you're talking to uh, a parent, a student, um, what do you tell him or her as to, hey, why should I go to presentation college? Well, the number one thing is our mission. Um, it's really important to us that we educate in the Catholic tradition. And that doesn't mean the student has to be Catholic. About 20% of our students identify as Catholic. What it means is that it's an intellectual tradition and it's also a whole person tradition. Our parents know that we know the students. When I walk down the hall, I know the students by name and they know me. Um, and I have lunch with them in the cafeteria and we have a close-knit relationship. So if a student needs something, we're there for them. We, in many ways, serve as that sort of second parent um, because their parents are sometimes thousands of miles away. But also, we um, have a very strong athletic program, and we're one of the few places that a student can pursue a nursing degree and still be an athlete and still play their sport because we organize our courses around the opportunity for them to be on the field. And that's a large draw. And so I think the personalized attention um, and the, um, oh, and, and then really the high-tech opportunities. We are a small campus, but we have a state-of-the-art simulation center with five emergency room bays um, and mannequins, if you will, that serve in those labs. We have, um, and we have one that can give birth to a baby that's like robotic in the lab. We have a robotic baby that is, um, can cry, can have a seizure. I mean, they have really high-end opportunities in our nursing lab. We have, as a small campus, uh, a cadaver lab. Um, and we are getting a new anatomage machine, which is a 3D cadaver that students can work on. So we have really state-of-the-art technology for being a small campus and that personalized attention. Yeah, and I, and I love the idea of, you know, you being able to sit down with students, faculty sitting down with students. That, I mean, I went to a larger public institution and had a good experience, but, you know, the institution I went to had over 40,000 students. I wasn't going to be able to sit down with the president. I, I'll tell you, I think it's so great when you talk, when we have conversations with, you know, smaller rural faith-based institutions, that's such a big part. Relationships mean a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, being able to spend time with the president is really huge as a student or parent. Can you talk a little bit about more, what, what do relationships mean to you? They're critical. I mean, if I can't serve the students unless I know their needs. And so, and, and I don't want to be a, you know, a special meeting with the president kind of president. I want to be a president that's accessible to them in the hallways, a, a president that's accessible to them in the cafeteria. So they don't have to make a special meeting for me to check in or them to check in with me. And I, I say the same thing to parents during orientation. I usually go around at new student orientation and I meet each of the individual parents, find out where they're from and give them my card. You know, call me if you need something. Um, you need to know that your student is taken care of. And that makes a huge difference when you get to know those students one-on-one. -on -one. So what are those, what are those keep you up at night or wake you up early in the morning goals that you have today? Well, obviously um, the long-term legacy 
of Presentation College is one of those things that keeps me up at night because of course we want to make sure we establish our niche and we reach more um, students with what we think is a really unique educational opportunity. And we want to make sure that we secure that for the long range. Um, the, the sisters of presentation, um, they're aging and they want to make sure that the college is in a good place when they're no longer able to um, be with our students. We, they are such a significant part of what we do. Um, when, they're, when they were living in the convent on campus, they could meet with the students on a regular basis and pray with them and have lunch with them. And uh, now they're, they've moved off campus. And so we realize that we're in a rapidly changing world and we have to make sure we ready ourselves and continue to stay on that cutting edge. And so I'm constantly reading what's new that's coming out, um, trying to determine what is happening next and how do we bring the college to that space in a way that is strong and viable and meets the needs of, of our world. Um, how are you engaging, how are you engaging alumni today? So we have so many active alumni. We're very, very fortunate for that. Um, we have alumni that keep in touch and let us know what they're doing and what kinds of challenges they're finding in the workforce that helps give information back to the college. We also have so many who send their children to us. We have a lot of legacy um, students. We have a number who I, we just hired this year as professors who came back to teach with us. So there's a real sense of family. And we actually talk about being presentation people. Because once you've come through presentation college, you will always be a presentation person. Wherever I go in my future, I will always be a presentation person because those values you carry on with you um, and, and you give back wherever you find yourself. Now, do you, do you have feeder schools that you work with, feeder high schools or feeder community colleges? And are, are those in South Dakota or are those spread out all across the country? We have transfer students who come in from all over the country. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Where do you see presentation in 10 years? I see presentation partnered with healthcare, especially rural healthcare organizations all over the country. Um, I see us delivering primarily in rural areas. Um, I see us delivering directly into people's homes at their workplaces. Um, I see us helping people to develop the next generation of nursing professionals wherever they are. And yes, there will probably always be a presence in Aberdeen, but I don't see that as the huge part of who we are. I see it as our outreach in a much larger world. We are unique in that we are the only presentation college sponsored by the Presentation Sisters. There are many other orders that have multiple colleges. Um, and we're the only one. So we take that legacy very seriously and we want to make sure that we solidify it and have an outreach that is much larger than just South Dakota. I love it. That's great. Well, President Langto, it's, it's been a great pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me on. I appreciated the chance to share our story. Absolutely. Thank you for joining the Plexus Presidential Podcast Series. For more information on the series, please visit us at plexus.com forward slash solutions. Thank you.